Off the ball. The salary cap has gone so low. It's a very interesting decision. The decision is, do you work or do you play rugby? You know, and it may be better off to work. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Hurling on Off the Ball. With Board Gosh Energy. Hurling. It's anyone's game. All right, I'm delighted to say we're going back to Anthony Nash. Anthony, good evening to you. Good afternoon to you. How are you? I'm great, Joe. How are you keeping? Yeah, good. I thought maybe because it was later that you wouldn't be in the car, but it turns out you're always in the car. So I was on, uh, I said it last week there in your absence, that uh, someone tweeted underneath one of, the, one of the videos. It was like, would this will ever get a room? Like, unfortunately, Joe, you're delaying my inevitable, inevitable pain of going into the gym. So um, the longer this call goes on, the better. All right. Uh, are you still addicted to the gym post-career? Is this something that you think you'll do for the rest of your life? Uh, I have two choices I can look like the Michelin man or I can go to the gym because I put on if I walk past McDonald's I put on weight very very easy so uh, I put on I, I, do you know if I walk past McDonald's I put on about 10 calories I just need to put it on I always did I always need to put on size and weight throughout my career I just come back in the off season a little bit rounded and uh, take a few months to get back into it but uh, so I have to keep going Right and do you enjoy it still? Uh, the gym part, yeah. I like as a goalkeeper, you hit running. Like I went for a six k run. It was my first thing, and I uh, I captioned it on my Strava app as "Run Piggy Run," like because I hadn't ran in so long. And geez, I was in bits. I was really cramping after it. Um, so like cardio was never my forte. It was always gym work or power exercises for for goalkeeping. Like so, that was well, that was my excuse anyway. Uh, I remember one time we got a tour of where the dubs were doing uh, training and they would put stuff up on the board and Cluxton was like far ahead in, uh, there was loads of particular ones that were around flexibility and short area quickness and um, I remember thinking that's really interesting that like the level of yeah. uh, dexterity that he has which you can clearly see, now this is obviously this could be 10 years ago at this stage um, mm-hmm. so the information probably well out of date now but it was it was really interesting to see the specifics and the um, what what he was good at was like it it was a transferable thing to the pitch. Hundred percent, like you, like it's gone to the phase now where S and C coaches are training people in lines. You know, like cornerbacks and fullbacks need to be able to sprint. You know, those ten or thirty yards. Midfielders also need to be able to sprint, but they need to have more cardio and anything like that. So it's gone. It's after breaking down even to levels of where it used to be goalkeepers doing one thing and outfielders doing another thing. No, it's even. You know, working on a cornerback, being able to have explosive pace, you know, on a constant basis while a midfielder might be able to just get up and down the field. And, you know, it's really gotten position and sport specific. Um, but like as a goalkeeper, I always remember like um, Barry Nash's dad, Mahal, and uh, my other uncle Declan playing for Limerick. And they used to always say to me, it was about flexibility throughout my career that if I was to extend my career you know, I am the worst man in the world to stretch but like you, you hear Ryan Giggs talking about yoga extending his career and stuff like that like you know that, like your body being able to go into a position so we'd uh, Mark McMahon as he used to be an SNC coach with, with Munster before and he came into Cork back in the late noughties you know and he showed us a video of like um, you know street runners you know guys that were running up known walls and jumping and how muscular they were but he was showing us because of their flexibility and he was talking about that all the time, but how important it is for your body. Like, you know, and like I'm, as I said, if I'm an avid golfer and you see 16-year-old little whippet guys putting the ball past fellas twice their size because of the flexibility and the allowing of their body to get into position. So I think that's very important for, for all sporting people. Not that I do what I say myself, like, but yeah. Well, you obviously work with loads of uh, underage teams between mm-hmm. the school, the university and the county. And mm-hmm. are you finding that there's more and more of a requirement for working with those teams to integrate 
that S&C as, as specific as you've spoken about there that actually that's the bit where you can do a drill so long as the, ideally with the ball involved if possible um, but if not that if you tailor it you actually get much more from the outcome like to, uh, towards the end of my career Declan O'Sullivan was our S&C coach he was our charter physiotherapist as well but he started doing you know like running training we saw was being straight lines or laps when you first started I suppose but he used to get us cutting angles and depending on your line of the field, it was like that. So, like, he used to get your body used to running the actual lines. Nowadays, like, I go into the dressing room with young fellas and they're inside doing band work. And I used to do it as well, you know, foam rolling. But it was towards the end of my career where it was almost being forced upon me. These guys are doing all that stuff, you know, the activation work and all that stuff you see in the warm-ups. Like, and it's all driven by sports science, like, you know. And uh, But there is a definite change in in the mindset of young younger players now where, like, they're coming to us developed. You know, they're in the gym, Jesus Christ. Like, I'm going, as I said to you, a joke there a second, I'm going to the gym here, and there's young fellas inside the age of 14, 15, pumping weights where I didn't start doing gym work till I was 19. The doctor told me when I was younger, you shouldn't start doing weights till you're 18 till your body forms. That was my idea. Now they're inside doing body weights and then going into actual programs. Like, the game has gone, like, we talk about rugby gone, you know, massive strength and physicality and everything. Like, GA in a couple of years' time is going to be not as big and strong, but definitely as, um, as physique based. Okay, one of the other things I did want to talk to you about this week, um, and the lads were talking about it during the week, uh, but specifically about how you can talk yourself into anything in a dressing room and try and use the motivation. And it did put me in mind a little bit of, in the immediate aftermath of the game that La Rochelle won against Leinster, there was five or six things which were apparently massive, big deals. In the moment, they were massive, big deals. The, the Leinster fans had done something on the way into the ground. There had been an incident around the coin toss where it, it was either alleged that the the eyeballing was too intense or not not uh, respectful enough. Uh, there was a, a room in the ground for the, the uh, family members and actually it wasn't big enough and they had to get a bigger room in the Wanderers Pavilion to accommodate all the people. And none of it mattered. In the end, none of it actually mm. mattered a hill of beans, right? But in the moment... It all built up to a thousand pieces of information that you were able to use to crystallise and turn into something. Is that is that why Limerick are coming off saying, uh, Mick was making the point to me beforehand, you know, five weeks ago, John Kiley was saying, oh, they're talking us up too much. And now it's like, oh, they were talking us down too much. It's like, well, none of this is all, none of it's true. Yeah, I think um, I think when you have the likes of Caroline Currid, like I can only speak about Gary Keegan with us, like, but it was more like focus on the inner circle. Like, you know, it was really... But when there is a nugget, when there is something you can use, of course you want to channel. Like, like so what I, what I found there, like I said, I was working with the three teams this year like that. Like, you've got 30-something individuals in each dressing room, like, you know, and what I like to do is find out what makes one player tick. Like, one player could be extremely nervous and you're just basically going over and cracking a joke with him in the dressing room while another fella could be like, you know, I found Damien Callan for us was always a guy that loved to be riled up, you know. He was just like father, son, I suppose. But he, he loved to be riled up, you know, and it was kind of that while, you know, myself and Hoggy would have a chat and just chill each other out, like whatever. So, you know, but then as a unit, like those few words can definitely unite you. Like, and if there is a cause, a common cause that each of the teams, that each of the players of the team are going towards, and maybe it is for Limerick. And you know what? Every team is using something. But I think Limerick's focus, and I keep saying this, is if they play the way they're supposed to play. So I remember seeing a picture in the dressing room after the Iron Final where they had things up on the wall, like if you score three or target, score two or three goals, so many tackles, this man, this, this and this. And they know if they hit each of these, that they'll win it. That's it. Those stats are based off match winning stats from Sean Donald. If they hit those, they will win the game. 
And I think that's what they mainly focus on. If there's an outside resource that they can use to get themselves going, of course there is. You know, and I would use that in dressing rooms. It depends on the team. Like, like this year, NUIG and UL played in the final. Like, and after last year's final, NUIG were, you know, um, saying that, you know, because of the sending off, they weren't, that they were a better team and all that. Like, and sure, we mentioned that inside the dressing room in UL. Of course we did. You know, and then our boys came out and wanted to prove a point that no matter what, that they wanted to be the better team. You know, so like it's, it's, and look, there's no secret to it. Every manager uses something. Everyone says something and be it, you know, you're going to use whatever you can to win. But I still think that Limerick and all the good teams like Dublin are self-driven and self-focused. And like basically what it's called is kind of searching for your own perfect performance. That's what it is. Now, cringe and all as it is and, you know, um, cliche as it is, that's what they're doing. If Limerick performs to the best of their ability, they're still the best team in the country. And, and that's what they're searching for. Do you think they're getting closer to us on the basis of what we've, we're seeing? Yeah, I think I said it there a couple. I said it to you a couple of weeks back. I think the longer they're in this championship, the the worst teams are going to fear them. Like you know, no, they're out of months. Like that monster championship was just ridiculous. Like when it came to you know hits, you know uh, injuries, pace of play, amount of you know really intense games. Like so, they're getting out now and they're getting their break that they need and deserve. And if we look back over the last few years, their two best performances over the last few years have been in semi-finals and finals. Now they're in a semi-final, like, and it's up to the other team to bring it to them again. And like, it looks potentially a Galway Tipperary winner. I think meets them if that's the way the quarterfinals will line up into the semi-finals or like that. Um, because uh, you're let's say let's say Clare get there, so like it's up to Galway or Tip or whoever meet them to bring their game to them. But I, I just think once Limerick get to Crow Park, I think they turn into a different animal altogether. And the the four weeks is it's really unknowable. Massive. And. Like so, we hope to see Keen Lynch play back at Keen mm. Lynch levels because he's such a transformative figure, and uh, we just haven't seen that now for it'll be a season and a half up to the semi-finals. Um, but those four weeks could be uh, all he needs to get to the level where he's back, able to contribute for at least half of the game, and that's a, a sliding doors moment for the championship. Like back in the nineties, just talk about Brian Cody getting Kilkenny teams used for All Ireland semi-finals and finals because he knew that they were going to be there, you know. And I'm not saying John Coyle knew they were going to be there or anything like that, but their SNC team and their physios know what it's like to prepare for a four-week app, and they'll know exactly what they've got to do. I'm sure the players got a week off, you know, to go or however many days got a few days off to go and chill out and relax, and then you get three weeks of training, like you know. And if it's Keen Lynch that didn't need the break, he could have been training himself. He could have been doing something. They'll allow him a couple of AVB games. Maybe even Patrick will have a, have a league game that he can go back and play in, you know. All these advantages um, will be there. And then, like, you're talking about one of the best hurlers. Like, but at the time he got injured, the best hurler in the country, you know, coming back in and adding to your team, like, is just something that, you know, I, I think as a spectator, I don't think any manager is going to go out and go, oh, I hope he lynches out for the rest of the year. I don't think that, like, but, like, you're talking for Limerick for a boost for the likes of him coming in, like, is just, I think it could be the final, final, um, a piece of the jigsaw for them. What about Galan's uh, efficiency and quality shining through the way it has done after the off-season that he had as well? Mm, like, I feel sorry. Would the Clare cornerback, which one was it again? I'm sorry, no, I should have Galvin. it in my hand. Um, like, I feel sorry for him. I won't lie because... Keen Nolan, sorry. Yeah, Keen Nolan, yeah. Because like, if you look at... If you look at the space that they had, like, you know, during the commentary, they were talking about John Conlon maybe sitting a little deeper. Now, it's very easy for, for us to sit back and say John Conlon should be sitting, you know, a bit deeper. But, like, Nolan was in 45 yards in space in currently the best forward in the country. 
Like if you mark a land from in front, he'll play your hurley from behind and he'll catch the ball. That's as simple as that, and that's a goal. You play Galan from behind, his movement is so good it's outside. So you do need help as a cornerback, especially when there's a two and two. Three and three, fair enough, or a, a spare man. So I do take sympathy on him for that. Look, it's been spoken about that he was left on him for so long, and probably what made it worse for him is Shane Amori came on and won a ball off off Galan. Like, you know, whether Shane Amori would have lasted the whole game, the same thing, but I just think like if you're on a fellow one-on-one in that much space with, with the ability Galan has and when he turns it on he's just so as you said so efficient he's lethal like he's so good in the air he's so good in the ground and uh, that's the last two games though he's been man of the match so you know it's it's ominous enough for, for opposition again yeah it's it's hurler of the year for him at the moment yeah yeah Tom Morrissey Tom Morrissey and him for me and do you know what like silently enough I think Will O'Donoghue and, and Dara Donovan while the team weren't going well were the two for me the tr- or sorry three for me that were going well and Dan like look you, it's kind of not I wouldn't say un, there's no unsung hero in Limerick right they're all they're all superstars but two Morrissey's I think are very unsung heroes down there and in Will O'Donoghue and um, Darrow Donovan have just you know when when things have been going poorly for them they're you know they're guys that always stood up but uh, Tom Tom and Galan for me are the two that seem to be heading I don't know what the betting is like but um, but two that have kind of been more consistent, yeah. We um, we'll have plenty of time to preview Limerick over the next three three mm. weeks, and uh, our obsession with them can grow and grow. I did want to ask you about Tipperary. Um, so Ford is back named in the team for the game this weekend, which is exactly what they need. And you know, sometimes being the third place team in Munster is great because the other two teams go and kill each other in the Munster final, and you are completely under the radar. And they'll be under the radar almost no matter what happens, unless they put up seven twenty four at the weekend and again they'll be in an All-Ireland uh, quarter-final situation where ideally it looks like most of their players who we expect to be fit will be fit and they must they must be feeling good about life um, even if they put up 724 they're going to be under the radar like because people are going to write off this game as a kind of a thing which is no look it's a pity for the for the Joe McDonough teams but that's the way they're looked at you know it's just the two you're expecting the two Lee McCarthy teams to come out and and do what they're expected to do Um I previewed the was it the tip game with you? Was it? I think we were talking about Tip and Cork or something like that. And I was asked like, you know, what do Cork need to do to stop Tipperary? And I said Noel McGrath and Jason Ford are the two for me. You know, Noel McGrath went up and put on an absolute clinic, and Jason Ford was just getting into his form before he got injured. I really think for Tipperary that Jason Ford being fit is huge. Like he is just after turning into you know over the last few years a consistent top class hurler like he's just he's he's a typical t- tip forward like his wrists are so good like you know and he really makes that forward line tick so him being back and having a game like that to get under his belt to get his confidence and fitness back up is just perfect but like like for me Kilkenny Limerick Tipperary Clare you know and I, look I'm I'm kind of not saying Galway because I still don't know about Galway like you know they just they'll remind like they just haven't found their consistent basis, but Tipperary are in the show for not learning for me. Definitely, like you know the way they played in Munster, bar that game against Waterford, which I'm sure Liam Cahill has, you know, kind of circled the wagons down there like he does, and then have them right. So I think they're coming in. I think they're coming in great. Position. Listen, all you want to do in Munster is get out of Munster, get out, just get out and have the freedom of getting out. Um, so it'll be. I think they'll have time now the weekend to kind of throw the shackles off, enjoy it, and then be facing a quarter final. Yeah, because like the bones of the team know what it's like to actually win All Ireland, which there's few enough of those yeah. still around. And uh, you know, as you say, like they have a they they were brilliant in in those opening games. But that Waterford game, I suppose, is such an aberration that if they can manage to scratch it off and and understand exactly why it happened, or if there's a reason why it happened that we're not aware of, if there was a 
virus gone through the group or something. I don't know. It's something that we like uh, completely underrated the challenge. They thought that Waterford were on their holidays, whatever. Um, then you would give them an opportunity, a big opportunity to cause significant problems uh, later on. Why why not Galway in the same breath, given that it was a fluky defender's goal from the edge of the D that gave Kilkenny victory against them? Uh, the amount of Kilkenny players that were out injured for me. Um, I just think Kilkenny, how, like, in fairness to them, what they did like I just think look have Galway the potential to win not Ireland if they absolutely do I would not say that but just this year they just haven't shown they haven't shown like I said it like I said it before T that every county would love a young Joe Canning but Christ Galway are missing him big time you know what I mean they're really missing that help to Connor Whelan above I just don't think the rest like Nyland and Concanon are coming they're very good players but I think the dependency still always seems to be on Connor Whelan to get those you know, the really big scores and stuff like that, you know. And I think if they just had, you know, like I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jason Flynn. I don't know why he doesn't start for Galway teams. I always, you know, feared playing him. I thought he was great hands and everything like that. So I, I don't know what the reason is there. But if they could find a, you know, a consistent inform Jason Flynn to to add to that forward line, um, you know, it's something that they're there. But I just felt with the injuries Kilkenny had and still to, to go out and beat Galway, I just... I just don't know. I think if Tip and Galway meet, I'd fancy Tipperary. I'll put it to that way. Like so, that's why I've kind of Tipperary ahead of him in that bracket there. And it's not a Munster Leinster thing. I just think that when you look at, like Jesus, Kilkenny were missing what six by the end of the game or something like that. Six or five or six of their starting team, you know, or something like that, or our subs and 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 stuff, and still managed to pull a win out against them. Um, in terms of the performance that Kilkenny had coming through that situation where you, you're missing what you're missing. And again, you know, we really don't know what the situation is with Adrian Mullins' thumb. Um, again, we'd really love to see him play in the championship this year because he's Definitely. really entering a kind of sweet Class. spot in his career. Yeah. You feel like he could be the hurler of the year if he, if he had a, a clear run at it. Um, but from, from their perspective, they do have plenty of time to lick their wounds, get them right, get them ready for an Ireland semi-final as well. So they must be feeling incredibly strong about life again facing the Clare side more than likely who yeah. uh, they've already looked after in a semi-final and that you know somebody was I can't remember who it was now was saying oh you don't want to play the same team again but actually I think in big time sports you're like yeah we've got your number come and prove it mm, like it looks it's not that we're right like Clare it, it looks so without kind of knocking Dublin and Galway and stuff it looks like Tip and Limerick and Clare and Kilkenny if that's the way it goes in my head anyway no look I, I've been wrong many many a time before but Kilkenny don't give a shit who they play never have never will you know be it the team they've played last year be it the team they've played next year be it the team whatever they don't care they just want to be in another in a semi-final if and the most important thing here is the likes of Carey Mike Carey um, you know um, Reed and Mullen and all them getting them all back getting all injuries right and stuff like that then Kilkenny to me it's going to be a crack in semi-final because Clare will also love the chance the opportunity and want to prove the fact that they're the number two in, in, in the in the country at the moment like currently out of duty out of ranking out of Limerick first and Kilkenny maybe like I still think Clare are just a little bit better but like Kilkenny and Clare are the next two like you know to want to have a crack so and and especially Kilkenny will look at Munster right and they'll say a lot of teams had killed Limerick's number this year you know, we'd like a crack off them this year and see how we get on. And uh, that win the last day with, with the numbers they were missing is huge for that Kilkenny camp. Because now he shows that the bench is stronger, like Richie Holmes. Like, they had so many players missing. It was just, I felt it was Galway's opportunity. And look, bit of luck or a bit of unluck, I suppose, from the kicker and luckiness, whatever like that. They would have won Leinster, you know. 
but I felt that if they put in a strong performance, like I said, that you, you know, take it away from the Henry Shefflin, uh, you know, thing, be it Galway, just Galway players. And I just felt that the performance just wasn't there for whatever reason, you know. And they have talent, like, you know, I've worked with a few lads and we're played against or worked against a few lads as well. But it's just they just don't seem to be clicking to the level where they need to be to be winning in All-Ireland. Any ideas why? I just think they're lacking one more forward that has consistently scoring along with Conor Whedon. That's the, that's the thing for me, like, you know, like Parag Man, he went back cornerback the last day, which I, I know, like, he did a good job, but felt like it was an attacking threat from wingback. No Cody, you have to mark him, but, you know, I suppose I would have left him a wingback maybe and hoped that one of your cornerbacks did a job of him. That kind of took away an attacking threat from wingback, but I just look at that forward line and I see Nyland is doing very well from freeze and looping around and, you know, Concanon is coming and stuff, but, like, Conor can I, Whedon, like, you all... Go can I, so, it's... We, let's let's assume the management team agrees with you. Is there something structurally that they can do to rearrange to create more opportunities, or is the game actually still about somebody who can win their own ball? Like no matter what happens, you can organise and orchestrate as much as you can, but you still need somebody at the end who is in a battle with somebody else who's going to win their own ball and score six to eight points. I think it's both. I think it's both with Galway. Like the one thing, I, like Galway about Dublin, I said that Joseph Cooney's shooting kept him in the game. But then look at the amount of wides. And it was the one game where Conor Whelan was going off his head frustrated inside. Like he was like, I would keep him as close to the goal as I possibly could and try and get maybe someone with him, get the rest of the forwards out, like Limerick do with Flanagan and Galan, but get good deliveries in. Like Conor Whelan is a torment to mark. Not only is he a good hurler, but he's a guy that just goes and goes and goes. And if he loses the ball, he goes down. His haunch is really low. We're all so used to him picking the ball, coming out of the crowd. And I just really think it's getting a support act up beside him. Potentially put a Conor Cooney in with him, himself and Conor Cooney inside, and make sure that the rest of the workers outside the field are getting good deliveries into them then, you know? Because, like... For me, they have what they have. I shouldn't probably keep going back saying Joe Canning because, look, he's not there and they don't have someone like him. So maybe look at altering your forward line where you tell your midfielders, do not deliver the ball into the inside line until you're in the delivery point, which is the midfield. And if you're taking a shot, make sure it's you know a good high percentage shot. Otherwise, let it in. You're wasting one of the best talents in the country by not letting it into him. The fact that he actually played really well in the last game and it had been two or three mm. games before that where there was questions about what was going on. Um, mm. We had Tommy Walsh on. He was like, oh, was it Tommy? Was it, uh, it might have been Taggy. He was like, oh, I don't blame him. I don't blame Conor Whelan at all. It's the quality of the ball going into him. And, yes. And uh, that was completely proved proved true by that. Does that mean that they fixed that and that actually they can look forward to unleashing that and other things? Is it, I suppose I'm, you're trying to find things that will give the, the beaten teams confidence as they come forward. And from their perspective, that's one thing. Conor Whelan's in definitely. the game yeah definitely like get him into the game but get someone beside him that's going to give him the outlet as well like come Cannon maybe it's him like get a structure where you have two and two inside like if you look at Flanagan and Galan and I'm, look, I'm comparing to Limerick but if you look at every other team they're getting two inside and they're sending a third forward out to the 45 just get out of their way work hard get the ball in and like any team that you're involved in if you have a fellow like Conor Whelan you say to the lads look the pressure is on you to get it in and now Conor the pressure is on you to win us the game I'd say the young fellow would only love it. I'd say he'd only love the pressure of having the ball coming into him left, right and centre. His fitness levels are incredible as a corner forward. Daisy Hutchinson and himself are very similar to me, where they just go and go and go and go. Then you get a goal. Then you think, they need to start 
goal scoring, you know, really like, you know, on a consistent basis and put the fear back in the teams that we had with Galway. We felt if Galway got a goal, they could get two, they could get three, you know, they were always exciting. And I just feel that if they can get Conor Whelan inside with someone, be it a Conor Cooney or something like that, and just, as you said, give, give the county a bit of excitement again. Uh, the, the same question really but reversed about Clare in terms of the negativity that they had last year they, they didn't really show up in the aftermath the, the game against Wexford they, uh, traditionally they struggled against Wexford but uh, that was a bit of a struggle for them and then they just didn't show up at all in the All-Ireland semi-final that's in the system how do they make sure that the same thing doesn't happen again this year? I would presume so you said earlier there about the Larisel team I'm sure that that memory of last year is probably sitting in their heads as well and I'm sure Brian Lowen is using that Like, and now they have a carrot dangling right in front of them you can have Kilkenny again in Crow Park if you beat Dublin which will be very difficult now because I'm a big fan of Mahal I don't know who in his style of management um, and to do what he did to get Dublin out was was um, was very good so that number one will be very difficult and if you do take your eye off of them you won't be beating Kilkenny it's as simple as that but that little carrot dangling in front of them to kind of right the wrongs is there um, and I think the way Brian Lowen coaches any slight bit of motivation he can get he'll use and I think underneath it all as well they know if they make an honour final against Limerick that it's it's a 50-50 game you know like they'd only relish a trilogy there and I think a lot of spectators in Ireland wouldn't mind it either so I think that's there I think the experience of losing John Conlon from last year is there not that they'll want to lose him Jesus Christ you see what Conor Cleary being lost the last day and now to go back to, to Nolan whether Conor Cleary would have kept Aaron, uh, Aaron Glan as quiet in that much space we don't know either so we're not wrong him but they probably have four or five players that they really really don't want to lose And uh, but I think I think the carrot of Kilkenny number one there is the one that's going to keep them focused uh, frequently I've talked about how great the Mayo team was that pushed the dubs all the way to their six in a row and uh, people like well they're not a great team because they never won anything right but I, I would argue that that was the greatest Dublin football team uh, the Dublin greatest football team of all time and they drew a load of All-Irelands against this team uh, that team scored two on goals against them and still only managed to, to draw or did they win, win that one by a point my point about this Clare team is that they're on the brink of absolute greatness because it's been a draw in the Munster final beaten by point after extra time last year beaten by point this year beat them in the Gaelic rounds and was it a draw in the group stages the previous year as well or certainly yeah. it was a, a point defeat yeah. it was one or the Something other like that. yeah in Ennis yeah uh, that's incredible yeah, like the, it is it is like in fairness to, like I always said whatever it is I, I said this to you the last time I was like, whatever it is about Limerick and Clare there seems to be an awful no matter if one team is dominating the other isn't there's always that kind of you know, rivalry because they're literally so close to each other. Um, and the fact that they lost by a point in the Munster final in the Gaelic rounds as well, like, you know, that um, they'll really see it. I think that's the, listen, if you're a Clare hurler, you're excited that you asked the, the, the you know, the the chance of meeting them again in an honour final. That's it, like, you have to be because you know you're good enough to beat them. You've, you've as you said, you've, you've beaten them. You lost by a point and under, you know, certain circumstances, it could have been a draw, like, but I really think that, um, if they lose their focus this year, then there's something seriously wrong in the group. I look, I don't know whether they'll make an Ireland final kick that Kilkenny team to get everyone back. It's very good, but they should be giving it one hell of a crack, yeah. Uh, okay, so it feels still like Limerick, obviously, the team to beat. And if they do improve the way they traditionally improve in the semi finals and finals, then they'll be worthy winners. But the point you made earlier about everybody getting a little bit closer than this year, there's more tape, there's more, more plans, more opportunity for people mm. to say, well, Cork tried this, Waterford tried this. Tipperary tried this and Clare tried this twice and it worked here, here, here and here but it didn't work there. Like That's what the analysts are doing over the next few weeks I suspect. 
hundred percent. And then all you got to do is put fifteen players good enough to mark him on the field. And like, like, sure, Clare would have done the same. But like, if Aaron Gallant or like, we haven't seen the best of Groot Hegarty yet. We haven't seen the best of Keane Lynch. We haven't seen the best. Like, they still possess the best players. That, there's no point in saying otherwise. Other teams are coming, but every other team would fancy beating each other. That's the thing. Every other team is hoping that they get their best performance to beat Limerick. That's the difference here. Like, if Limerick hit the form they can hit, I don't think there's any man in the country would sit down and bet against them. I, I look, Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but they're still rightly the favourites because the one thing there last, it was Flanagan probably didn't have his scoring hat on, you know. Gerard um, Hagerty was good enough, you know, whatever like that. And Graham O'Kane did his usual thing. But it was Galan carried it. No, Galan's quiet the next day. Flanagan will step up. Do you know what I mean? They just have these fellas that are just, you know, able to, to help each other out. Um, but for me, yeah, Limerick, Limerick still, and then um, and then the rest. But look, it's it's not going to be one sided in either semi final. That's the difference this year. You know, it's not going to be a hammering, like you know. So you're hoping to whoever gets there, like you're even interested in two extremely, extremely good uh, quarterfinals. You know, let alone semi finals. Um, so like you're hoping for, um, you know, five very good games between here at the end of the year. But look, I'm assuming the weekend will go the way it's going to go, but. It's going to be over before we before we even know it. Anthony, enjoy your gym Absolutely. session. Absolutely. Thanks a million. Oh, thanks, sorry. I'm trying to keep talking now. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Anthony Nash giving us his thoughts there. Hurling against anyone's game. Off the ball is teamed up with the Senior Hurling Championship sponsors, Board Gosh Energy, to uncover stories highlighting the positive impact that hurling has had on people's lives. For full competition details, please visit boardgoshenergy.ie forward slash BGEGAA. Hurling on Off The Ball With Board Gosh Energy Hurling, it's anyone's game